0: Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855 853 4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly
1: the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online.
0: And on today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, we have a treat for you. We're going to be uh, talking with Michael Bodine. He is a uh, self-proclaimed ghost buster and also psychic. He has uh, years and years of experience in it, uh, all the way back to his childhood as far as uh, psychic abilities and interactions with the paranormal. You're in for a treat this hour as uh, we talk to him about his experiences in life with the undead on real ghost stories online. And we'll get right into that here. Our phone number is 855 853 Forty-eight oh two. If you'd like to share your real ghost story with us, so we can get to it on a future episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, Michael. The way I like to uh, kind of begin some interviews uh, is instead of giving the you know the big canned bio line that uh, that we get in the uh, the mail, uh, I'd rather just ask you uh, if I were sitting next to you on an airplane and we started having a conversation. I looked over to you and said, "So, what do you do? How would you answer that question?"
1: Well it depends on your vibe if if you strike me as say of a, a, a kind of a conservative kind of guy i'd say i'm am I'm a writer. okay cuz i um i wrote a book and i'm writing another book and <laughs> sure. um, and it's easier than than the look that i get if i tell people i'm a i talk to dead guys because <laughs> they give me that um that up and down look, and they start crossing themselves, and then they figure <laughs> if they're on a plane, they're probably going to die. So <laughs> I um, know
0: I know that feeling. We get it too, where it's like, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm in broadcasting, rather than I host a show about ghosts.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's kind of just a little thing you get, and sometimes people surprise me. Sometimes I think they're going to be open minded, and then they get really nervous. And sometimes I think the most closed minded people are the most open. Sure, so it's just it's it just depends. Um, I, I love the golf and. I tell most people that I'm just, um, that I write. And then if they start asking me more questions, then I have to kind of tell them a little bit more. And, um, (laughs) it just depends, but (laughs) yeah, I, I don't really, when I was growing up, I was told that we weren't supposed to talk about what we do or, and that because my whole family was into it. And, um, they, the old teachers taught us that we kept everything to ourselves, that we only talked about it with other psychics. Um, That you would know other psychics by their look, and that you were supposed to be able to read their minds, Mm -hmm. and that's how you knew if they were psychic or not. So, and if they didn't have that, then you were just to leave it alone because they were so afraid back then of being persecuted and yelled at, probably burned at the stake, some of them. And so, I just—that's the way I was raised. Is just never talk about it, but it always got out because we were we were doing you know ghost bustings and weird stuff back in the day, and. And so people would whisper about us, but we never, we, yeah, we never talked about it. But okay, well, now,
0: well, assume you you sit next to me and I'm wearing a giant shirt that says "I love ghosts." <laughs>
1: <right>. <laughs> How would you answer
0: the question then? <laughs>
1: I, would, I would love that. Um, I would tell him that I, I would tell you I talk to dead people. That's what I do. That's okay. Um, I. Um, I'm a future guy. I'm, I'm uh, I come from a, a, a family of psychics, so we're everybody kind of has their own little thing. My mom was the one that really got us into all this stuff because we had so many weird things happen to us when we were kids, when I was kids, when I was a kid, um, uh, and it, it just for her it was like a it was like a, an empowerment thing. She just loved everything about it, but for the rest of us. It was a little uncomfortable, and um, I, I have a sister Echo who's written about seven hundred books, and uh, I have another sister Nikki who's a medium, and um, and then my kids have abilities, and my my mm-hmm. dog has seances every Friday night. It's it's kind of in the family, and um, and so if if somebody stood next to me, I would uh, I would tell them that that's what I do, and but my stuff is all about uh, opportunities coming up and, and relationships and, mm-hmm. um, doors that are coming and, you know, blocks me getting away the, the doors. I'm not a big, um, past life kind of guy or, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm not a medium. I, I don't really care about your uncle Ralph who lost his teeth and he, he, he wants you to find him. I, that kind of stuff is great for people that need kind of validation about, like spirits and and that kind of thing, sure. Um, and it's really helpful for that kind of stuff. And I, I God bless people who could do that, but I just can't. I, I sure. Uh, you know, every once in a while I will get somebody that shows up that that has something to say, but it's it's pretty limited. Um, but I'm mostly a future guy. Okay. I just I, um, that's where I'm most comfortable because I can kind of keep track of my accuracy and um, sure. and my timing and and it it kind of helps. It, it's exciting for me. I I never. I I didn't um, I didn't want, really want to do this to be honest. I just mm-hmm. I would I'd rather just do about anything, but I suck at everything else, and so <laughs> it, that's why I, I ended up doing this.
0: It's one of those things where we find more often than not, it's not something that people you know seek out or choose to do. It's one of those things that finds them, and and everybody right. seems to have different strengths and weaknesses on the topic. I mean, the, the the person who says that they can do all of it, that they can see everything. And tell you anything uh, is the first person I'm going to be raising my eyebrows at going, yeah, I don't know about you. Because it seems just like you were, you know, you said you're a future guy. That makes sense. A lot of people, they have their strengths in specific areas. It's rare to see someone who legitimately can do everything and and really oh you know God. knows you know and, and can really see all that. It, that just doesn't seem to be how how this works. Let me ask you this. When was uh, when did you first realize? I mean obviously your family has has quite a background in it. So I don't know if you'll even know the answer to this question because it, it, it probably goes way way back. When did you first realize that you had some sort of uh, ability or psychic ability?
1: Well, I learned what this stuff was when we were about 7. I I noticed Ever since I was, ever since I can remember, I, um, I saw colors around people, you know, sure. these auras things. And I just assumed everybody saw them. I really did. I thought that everybody kind of could see that stuff because I would tell my mom or some of my friends about the colors around them even when I was just tiny. But um, I didn't know what they meant or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't have any really significance with them. But when, I, when we started to have these psychic experiences, um, I think when I was, yeah, I was like around seven and um my, I, it, it, this is the tricky part. My brother is the one that had the first experience, but he, he really hates the psychic stuff. He just hates it. He's, he's kind of on the other end of the spectrum. He's um, very conservative, very religious, doesn't like this kind of stuff mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And so he always asked that. We never mention his name. So in my book, I had to make him my cousin because he was <laughs> um, he was so freaked out by it. I tried to distance distance himself as much from the family because he, at his request, uh-huh. but um, so my cousin had this experience when um, when we were really young. He's he's about six years older than I am, and um, he was in his early teens, and he was downstairs playing the drums, and he was learning just you know how to play. And he, he kind of was bad at it. And, and it sounded tinky tinky. We were all eating dinner and, um, and all of a sudden it sounded kind of good. It sounded like he was kind of tight, you know, like uh, he was putting it together. And we, I, and we had assumed that maybe he put on one of those records, how to play the drums by kind of thing. Cause it, it did sound better. And um, that lasted maybe two or three minutes. And then all of a sudden we heard the door blam open and the, the drums being knocked <laughs> down and and my cousin comes flying upstairs and um and he's scared to death i mean he's he looked like he literally saw a ghost and um and at the time i i had known him to be a very serious kind of guy like he was the tough guy he was the babe's loved him um he was the football player and the artist and the you know the musician that kind of guy you know just all around magnet for stuff but sure. very serious and so to see him scared like that was really the first time I'd ever seen that. And it was kind of fun for me to see him be afraid. But um, when he was trying to explain what it was, he kept getting tongue-tied. He, he didn't know exactly even how to explain it. My father was getting more upset, and my mother was getting worried. And, and finally, he just stopped. He says, okay, somebody came through the wall. He said he, was, he said he was down there playing the drums, and this black guy comes through the wall and parks himself right in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he starts and he's staring at my cousin and my, so my cousin puts his head down and he's freaking out and he and that's when he sounded really good. Cause the adrenaline got him, you know, playing really fast. And, um, and he looked up a couple of times and he, and he asked, he kept asking what this was, what this was. And, um, and finally he asked whatever this was to please leave because he was really afraid. And, and he kind of acknowledged it and, and acknowledged him, and then went through the other wall, and that's when he flew upstairs. And when he and when he got finished telling us, we all just kind of looked at each other like, "Okay, seriously, what happened? What what, what did you do? Did you break a drum? Is that why you're being so weird?" Because none of us believed them, but there was this really weird feeling in the air. There was like this something really weird. I I, I don't know how to describe. It was like somebody was in the room. Okay, um, okay so about a week later. We're all sitting dinner around eating dinner uh, again, and this time with him because he wouldn't go downstairs without a priest. And, um, and my mother and my father, we, we had this, this big table, and uh, in the middle of the table there was this Lazy Susan. And on this Lazy Susan, there was this um, salt shaker, salt and pepper shaker. And the salt shaker got up, and we were all sitting there talking just a normal night, and this thing gets up and moves across the table – and drops between my mother and my father. And at the time, there wasn't like organ music playing or anything like that. It was just, you're looking at this thing going, is that real? How do you do that? You know, we, I, I thought my brother hooked up a pulley system or something and mm-hmm. everybody else was just stunned. I mean, we stopped talking. We all just sat and looked at this thing. And when it dropped, it kind of like snapped us all to And we were all like, okay, what was that? And my father got really mad and, um, and upset that my brother had done something because he thought we had been giving my brother, excuse me, my cousin, so much crap about um, seeing a ghost the week before. we were like, hey, you should invite your friend over for dinner, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, um, and so we just assumed it was him. But he was just like validated. He was like, see, I told you, there's something in this house. There's something in this house. Anyway, more and more stuff started like that happening around the house you'd you'd walk and somebody was walking behind you and you'd turn around and there wasn't anybody there or lights going on and off or you open up a cupboard and and things would slide out in your hand and, um, you know, stuff like that. Not all at once, not during the day or night. It, It wasn't a specific time or anything. It was just, sometimes you were alone. Sometimes you were with people when it happened. Um, you'd go to reach for something and it would move weird stuff. And to the point where my mother, um, had to try to find somebody. So she went to our minister who suggested maybe it was a female issue. You know, maybe she was having some sort of issue and a mental issue. And so she needed to go talk to her gynecologist. And so my mother went to a gynecologist and this, this guy was like, "Uh, no, it sounds like a, a, you know, you're having a mental breakdown. So she went through like to a psychiatrist, to all sorts of people. And she ended up, uh, going to this um, psychologist lady that basically worked out of her car. She <laughs> she was she kind of a like a new age kind of a psychologist lady, and this was back you know in the 60s. And so sure. she um, and she told her about this Mrs. Olson, this Mrs. Olson who lived in St. Paul. We live in Minneapolis, and St. Paul is just across the river. And um, and she told her to go to call her and to set up an appointment so she can go talk to her and um and my mom felt better because she didn't think she was crazy and um and she felt good that she didn't have to you know get a pap smear to go talk to find out what was going on with the the spirits so she uh she she wrote the number down and she came home and um and when she she went up my mother used to collect bibles she was raised catholic and she had a whole bunch of bibles uh, and she said when she came home that all her Bibles were stacked up on the bed in this kind of weird manner, and nobody was home. We were all at school. But when I got home from school, she yelled at me because she thought that I did it. I didn't even know she collected Bibles. And she said, "Don't play with the Bibles anymore. That's just with all the weird stuff going on around here, you can't do that kind of stuff. Just don't." And I was like, "Okay, okay." And so she put them away, and she made dinner, and um. And I remember she went upstairs to grab something and she screamed and we all ran upstairs. Um, and there were the Bibles again, stacked up on her bed. Mm. And it was, it was like, they were just daring us or daring her, I guess is a better way to put it. And, um, uh, so my mother did call Mrs. Olson. She wasn't going to, I think she was afraid that if she did, that something bad was going to happen to her. But when they started playing with the Bibles, I think that kind of pushed her over the edge and, um, and so she called her up and she invited uh, her and my sister, Echo, to come to a, a reading. And and that's when everything really started changing. That's when my mother got all this information and, and was told that our family was going to develop our psychic awareness and uh, that three of the four kids were going to do it and, um, and how it was going to affect our lives and blah, blah, blah. And so um, it was... That was when everything started. Okay. Okay. And it for me it was it it sucked because, like I said, my mother got really into it, Um, and uh, she for her it was like her own thing. It was you know some people uh, scrapbook. Well, she got into this, Mm -hmm. and um, and she loved it. Um, she started going to different places because back then everything was underground, you know all the psychics they they would meet in weird places, mm-hmm. and she went to this one church where they met in a basement and and then they all decided to start meeting at our house because we lived in this really nice house mm-hmm. and it was big and um you know it it had carpeting and stuff and so um they figured let 's all go there and so I kind of grew up with psychics always at the house, you know, not not necessarily good psychics, but people that were kind of learning, you know, the people that were all kind of struggling outcasts, you know, different weird people. And, and so for me, it was, it was kind of like an invasion of of my lifestyle because um, when I would come home from school, they'd always want to practice on somebody. and, And so they'd always want to do readings on me or they'd always want to show me something or they'd always want to, um, uh, teach me something, and I, I didn't. You know, I was a hyper kid. I, I I wanted to play football and be a pilot and stuff, and so I didn't. Um, I didn't like it, and plus there was there was always that kind of creepiness going so, on because they were they were learning how to do stuff with Ouija boards, and they were, nobody really knew what they were doing. They were just learning, so it was it was a weird thing, and so that's how I I grew up, and it wasn't. Um, I, I, didn't really grab onto it until, um, maybe, um, maybe till I was 10 or 11 because I, I was scared to death of ghosts and, um, and they kind of, they made me go on these ghost buses to get over my fear, mm-hmm. which I thought was, a, you know, pretty normal to have a fear of ghosts because they were scary, but they wanted me to, um, the old teachers wanted me to kind of get over it and, um. And I, you know, I used to go to football camp and basketball camp, but then I started having to go to psychic camp. And, psychic um, camp.
0: Is that, was that like a part of the 4-H program in Minnesota? Or? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm from Wisconsin. I don't recall school.
0: that one ever being on the <laughs> roster.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, we would go to these places and my mile would dry forever. Okay. They were all hidden, secret little places and they were usually in the woods. It was like the Hobbit, you know, they'd they'd be in the forest someplace and each camp had sort of a different theme. Um, they were, sometimes they were about nature spirits or sometimes they were about oddities, you know, like vampires or, um, or, uh, you know, just different things or different kinds of psychics, you know, it was a Mm -hmm. medium thing one time or, uh, you know, it was all different. And so my, my mom would take me along because I was the youngest, and, um, and I, you know, these were nerve wracking because some of them were very interesting. Like the vampire one for me was probably the most interesting one, but, um, just cause I had never seen a vampire before and holy crap, they are very unique to say the least. And, um, you know, some of them were about fairies and different things And you know, it was, it was interesting mm-hmm. and very, um, You'd walk away just going, wow, there's some pretty weird stuff out there. And I think that's what the whole purpose of them was. But um, you'd spend the whole weekend. You'd spend the weekend discussing and seeing and practicing. And Sure. Um, you know, it was one of those deals. I, I wish they had running water, yeah. but they were, uh, they were all about the camp. You know, there was literally a camp thing.
0: Other kids are learning how to tie sailor knots and, and make fires out of sticks, and you're learning about uh, how to rid the world of vampires. What That, that would be interesting. I, I'm a little bit envious, actually. Let, let's talk about uh, about ghostbusting a little bit, because I know that's you actually describe yourself as a ghostbuster uh, on your website. Um, l- let's talk about that a little bit, what that actually means, because, I mean, obviously there's the, the preconceived notion of a ghostbuster, you know, as told to us by... Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and, and Ernie Hudson. But but mm-hmm. in, in the real world, um, a Ghostbuster, what is it? What does it actually mean for you?
1: Well, okay, so like a Ghostbuster is just somebody that comes in and um, cleans out a house from mm-hmm. unwanted like weirdnesses. And there are so many psychics out there these days. I mean, everywhere you look, there's a psychic. So there's more people practicing things and there's more, there's more activity now than there has been. I think maybe it's cause I don't know, I, I don't know what it is, but, um, there just seems to be a lot of psychic activity. So people, um, have more ghosts and mm-hmm. the, the whole theory is that, um, that you die and, and then your soul goes to the other side and, Um, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but most of the time it does. And the people that doesn't are called earthbound, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they, maybe they're afraid to go to the other side. Maybe they're, they're afraid they're going to be judged or, or they don't want to be there. Or maybe they like the people that they're with alive and they can't let go or whatever. It doesn't, doesn't make them evil or demonic or anything. It just makes them kind of bored and some of them are restless and, um, and some of them are kind of jerks because they're, you know, maybe they were a jerk on in real life, and they did. They want to be a jerk on the other side. So, and they're not evolving because they're not on the other side, you know, light wise. Sure. Um, th- those are the people that I kind of run across. The, um, they'll, they're they're attracted to people that are more likely to see them. Like, um, you know, the, the last place that got a lot of ghosts is really a cemetery there's that's one of the most peaceful places you'll ever go if you're a psychic because spirits tend to go to places like bars or restaurants or theaters um, places that are fun places Mm -hmm. that have that hold good memories places that people are more likely to see them or that they can be a part of life like they uh they say that if you drink or if you do a lot of drugs you you kind of uh, take that natural pro- pro- protection that's around you and it, it kind of helps eat, take that away so people can jump inside you and all sorts of stuff. It's um it's a theory, I don't know. I, I tend to believe it, but it's um so spirits hang out a lot of places like that. Sure. Um, it's just simple kind of stuff. Not not really heavy handed. It's not like the places that I go to it's very rare that the walls are bleeding, but if they can do that, that's, that's kind of impressive. I think, (laughs) um, it it sucks because you got to clean it up, but it's not that it's not, it doesn't mean that this is just this terrible demonic thing. I've probably gone on a thousand ghost bustings. Um, and I think I've been involved with, um, you know, maybe (laughs) one demon and, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a, it was, yeah, I I don't, I, I don't even think he was that bad, but, um, and, and they vary. Some of them are really bad. Some of them are, they're very active. They move things. They, they hurt people. They, they do all sorts of things. And then most of them are just boring, dull, bump in the night kind of stuff that people that are sensitive feel mm-hmm. and they can sense things around. And it's just a matter of kind of cleaning them out. Um,
0: now, I want to talk about the, the cleaning them out here in, in just a second. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the the types of ghosts that are out there. Because, I, I mean, that, that gets into a lot of our discussion on this show as far as what's out there. I mean, there there's, there is I this is where my perspective is, and I want to hear yours. It's that there's, there's human ghosts or ones that were once human at one time, once walked the earth. And, and I believe that you can have, you know, there's very bad people who walk the earth who can also be a very bad ghost that I think a lot of times get confused for being a demon when it's just uh, essentially a not so great person not so great person in death too um and then you have your exactly. nor- yeah, normal people happy people active people who may you know cause a little bit more notice because that's how they are and then uh, majority of people are just boring <laughs> and that's a lot of ghosts like you just described and but then i i there there does seem to be the other you know aspect of the the demonic and the dark and the evil um do, so you believe that that exists, too, that there are, in fact, non-human entities that, that are out there?
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, I just don't think that they have... Um, there is. There seems to be a kind of a code that mm-hmm. they can't interfere. I think that they can watch. I think you can feel them. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that they can interfere. I, I, I really don't. I think that there's... Um, on both sides, I think there's an agreement that they can't uh, demons. Uh, you know, I, I know that if you're just looking at it as an energy thing, there's, there's a lot of negative energy out there and, and there's gotta be a place where some of that energy gets built up. And mm-hmm. I think if you're just looking at it as a, as a dark thing, I, I know it's out there. Um, I felt it. Mm-hmm. I've been in situations where it's really dark, but um, I think I I think there's kind of a natural protection from demons. I, I, I think that word is just so overly used, and I think people over dramatize things because, like you said, I think there's far more jerks than there are demons. I, yeah. I'm really not, and I'm not saying that there's, there's not that stuff isn't out there or that people don't practice preaching to that stuff and, and you know what they got their own stuff and I got my own stuff I don't sure. really judge what they do and I don't expect them to judge what I do I just it's I think it's one of those agreements they leave you alone we leave you we leave them alone we, you know they mm-hmm. it's otherwise it's it's this whole battle thing and I think that was settled a while ago sure um, so so
0: what is the process for you somebody says hey uh you know Michael I, I got some stuff going out of my house I don't know what it is things are moving around I'm, I'm hearing voices every now and then uh, can you come and help me how, how does that process work from there
1: well first thing I do is tell them they're crazy Okay, well, that's usually a no, good way to start no. the relationship. <laughs> yeah, no. say, like, holy crap! What are you <laughs> So, I, um, I, I, go to the place and I try and get a feel um, for. Usually, it's it's better if you go with another person because for me, um, there's three parts to a ghost busting. For me, there's this story. Um, that's where the person who finally gets a chance to talk to somebody that they know won't think they're crazy. Mm -hmm. And so they want to tell you everything and they usually do. They tell you stuff from that happened to them before birth and they start telling you all the things that happened to them and their family and blah, blah, blah. And it drives me crazy. For me, the story is the hardest part to deal with on a ghost busting. I'd rather deal with four bleeding walls than listen to another story (laughs) because the person is very enthusiastic and they want to, in and they expect you to be enthusiastic about telling you something that you've probably heard a million times. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it as well as some people do. Um, you know, my sister, for instance, she can walk into a place and they can tell them the story and she'll be just fascinated. She'll be like, wow, I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. And, and I know for a fact she's heard of it because we just heard it at the same place, you know, like a, a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have less patience for that kind of stuff. Uh, but there is the story. You have to listen to the story. And then you kind of have to assess the situation. Is there really a ghost there? So you usually go through the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually have my sister listen to the story while I go through the place myself, just to see if there's anything there, just to kind of get an initial opinion. Sure. If, there, if there is something there or if there was something there, you can usually feel it. You mm-hmm. can usually feel like it, if there was a trace of something. Or if it's there now, they'll show it to me. Okay. Um, And then you go back and you talk about the situation. You tell them what you you got, where you got it. And then you do the actual ghost busting, which is going confronting the ghost, um, talking to it, finding out why it's there, what it wants, um, and and helping it go to the other side. Mm -hmm. If there's a bunch of different scenarios, um, sometimes the ghost moves around a lot, um, you can you can seal off the rooms so that they, they're less likely to go back into a room you can um you can kind of corner them you can um if it's if it's an indian burial ground or there's something to do with like a an indian thing that's a tough one because you usually have to pay homage to the spirits that were there you have to visually you know display a plaque or acknowledge their presence in some way otherwise it's impossible to deal with. Um, okay. um, it, it, it depends on the situation. Sometimes it's the land. Sometimes it just can't do anything about it. The land is just bad. It's where people have died or people were hurt or raped or um, you know, it's it, it's the land and mm-hmm. it, it, you have to deal with it in a different way. Um, everything is everyone's kind of different, but mostly it's just about. Um, if on a simple basic ghost busting it's about confronting the spirit um uh, if they won't go you have you bring some relatives from the other side down to help them escort them up and then you get rid of them and then you clean it out with some sage after they've gone um and um and then you're done okay it's, it, it it just depends if there's a lot of them it takes a lot longer if um you know, if you're lazy, you can kick them out and just seal the place up and have, be, you know, the neighbors deal with them. It just depends on what you're in the mood to do or what y- you want to do. Sure.
0: So do you ever have to, like, actually negotiate with the ghost to find out what they want and then meet some? I know you, you mentioned, like, some of the Native American spirits of, of that being the case. But uh, beyond that, is there ever like, like, hey, uh, you know, the, the ghost has certain requirements one must meet in order for them to move on?
1: Right. Well, and yeah, there's always negotiations. It's always about selling or something. It's um, the bottom line is you're trying to get them out of that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, sometimes you you do have to negotiate with them. The, the truth is, is that they don't belong there. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really the truth. Their spirits and their, this is life and they don't, they don't have any rights here. So you can always use that. As a, as an ultimate tool, like, look, you, you know, this is not where you live. This is not where you belong. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's it's for the people that are there. Sometimes they get tied into it. Like, okay, so we went on a ghost busting, uh, not too far from here, which is great because normally we have to drive all the way to to hell and back. Sure. And this place was um, pretty close and. The landlord has had gotten a hold of us because the the tenant that he was uh, renting to was having problems, and but the tenant didn't want to talk about it. So we go there and and it's this big strap and buck kind of guy, six foot four, looked like a Nordic kind of a guy, mm-hmm. and he was very very quiet, really shy, and he said, you know, I don't know why you guys are here and blah 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 and. Um, And I didn't know why we were there either because it didn't feel like there was really anything there. It just felt like a normal place. The guy felt a little sad, maybe a little lonely, but he, you know, it didn't feel weird or anything like that. Um, and then I was ready to leave, but my sister was like, well, okay, well tell us what's been going on. And so her, her landlord, his landlord started telling about some of the experiences that they noticed. Like when they walked into the house, it was a female landlord. And and when she would walk in the house, things would move or shake and, and, and as she was describing these things, the guy started getting a little nervous, and and I, and you could tell. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I said, well, okay. So, uh, do you have, is there a spirit that comes and visits you? Are you guys um, like involved? Because it's actually a lot more common for spirits to be involved with some of the people that they're at the house. Like it's usually more common with uh, a male spirit involved with a female person, but. It's 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 kind of common, and sure. and w- and when I said that, the guy got kind of um, uncomfortable, and and then he finally broke down and said, he he said that when he first moved in, that there was this female spirit, and and he started to kind of get to know her, and she was really friendly to him, and it wasn't bad, he didn't want to get rid of him, um, but then um, they started to become a little more intimate, and eventually they started to become. Very intimate with each other, and okay. he said he really liked it, um, and um, and he started feeling good about himself. Like finally, he started feeling good about himself, and he thought, you know, maybe he could date somebody with skin, you know, and um, <laughs> so he started talking about going out on a date, and that's when all the problems started, and that's when the he said that this the spirit got physically violent with him. Okay. And I had never seen. Uh, I mean, I'd seen a, a spirit get violent with people, but it was mostly on a different thing. Drugs were involved, and you know they were doing devil worship stuff. And but it was interesting because I'd never seen this uh, a female spirit hurt a male physical mm-hmm. person. And and I, so I was a little. Um, I I didn't really believe him, mm-hmm. and I said, "Well, geez, you know, that's you're a pretty big guy. What 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 do you mean physical stuff?" And she, he said, "Well." she slaps me around a lot if I get, um, you know, if I start talking about other girls and, and I, long story short, I said, look, I don't really believe you. You're going to have to show me. And so he starts talking about some girl that he's going to go out with. And then he starts getting freaked out because he says she's here. She's here. I can feel her. And it felt like the room got, very dark. It was there was a noticeable difference in the temperature and in the, in the presence. Everything you could feel it, mm-hmm. and and he was standing in the kitchen, and all of a sudden he throws himself against the refrigerator. <laughs> and at first I was like, "Oh come on, seriously? You know, it's this like a production kind of thing." Yeah. And he st- and he starts yelling, going, "Get her off me! Get her off me!" And he's like moving his face back and forth like he's being slapped. And I thought, I thought you got to be kidding. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And and then, then, um, then he's backed up against the refrigerator, and all of a sudden, I can see his shirt kind of being crumbled up. And oh. then he goes out, and he grabs his chest, and he goes, "Damn it!" And um, he unbuttons his shirt, and you can see these scratch marks on his chest, and and you can see on his face these raised, like handprints on his cheeks, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting because I'd never seen that before, Sorry. and. I was like, "Oh crap! Okay, sorry, I didn't take you seriously here." <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a I demonstration. Say, yeah, nice <laughs> job. So then we had to deal with it, but at the time it was really, um, um it was really weird because it, it, we couldn't get rid of the spirit unless he participated. He had to agree that he wanted her to go, and he didn't necessarily really want her to go because he still really liked this thing. So it was. It involved a lot more than just your typical ghost busting.
0: It was almost like it, a paranormal it, breakup, if you will.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh. and it it took a. We were the mediators, and yeah, um, and finally, he did agree, and and she did leave. But then I guess he moved away, and um, I kind of suspect that he probably got her back because those <laughs> those two, they liked each other a lot, and I, I you know he was such a shy guy that I, I think he preferred the living over, I mean, the dead over the living. Wow. So, um, I, but at the time it was pretty interesting.
0: On again, off again with a dead. Wow.
1: When, when you
0: get someone out or when you get a ghost to leave a, a location, um, let me ask, are, are they going, are they, are you helping them move on? You know, as a lot of people, you know, say like helping them move towards the light or are they just simply moving to another location? Like geographically?
1: <laughs> 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 well, that's true sometimes you just do you know sometimes you just think screw it i don't want to deal with this yeah and uh and you just send them to the neighbors you know and uh, and that's not the most responsible thing to do in the world i know that the most responsible thing is to get rid of them help them go transformation and all that sort of stuff and that's what you really want to do most of the time but mm-hmm. sometimes they're just a pain and you just think oh man Uh, you know, it's going to take months to get this guy to go. Mm -hmm. And they've been around for so long and they've, they've, they're determined to stay, um, that it's tough to, like, it's really tough to, to get them to go. You have to have like leverage. You have to, you have to have somebody from the other side come down and help you a lot of times because they just won't go. And, um, you know, I can't say that I haven't that I've gotten rid of. I've brought everyone to the light because I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've there's been a few occasions where I just said screw it and kicked them out of the house and and sealed off the house with the sage and the white light and made mm-hmm. sure that they wouldn't come back to that house. But um, I don't know where they went. And I don't really, I, I don't charge. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. more of a um, you know donation kind of a guy. If I can get gas money, that's great. Sure. So I'm not, I'm not, you know putting one ghost into one place and then switching them over to another place so I could make dough. <laughs> it's like, and,
0: and you have like a little tiered system of like one ghost and we'll give yeah. you this bonus, you know, sage ghost away. You can spray for the next couple of weeks. But if you call now, exactly. we'll get rid of the neighbor's ghost too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there ever a case where, where the ghosts just can't or won't leave? Yeah. There's been...
1: Um, yeah. I've had... Um yeah um mm, but those are usually associated with um like I said the Indian things they the Indians they'll stay they'll just they'll be respectful of the owners, okay um or um where some sort of event happened, a battle or something, sure, um. They'll just they'll just they'll stay, but they'll be respectful. Okay. Or yeah, it's sometimes it's just too. There's they're just too determined, mm-hmm. and um, I know that I, I know some ghostbusters think that they can. um, I don't know. I, I swear, some people just have the biggest ego. They think they can do whatever they they want and they can control everything. But it's not the. It, it's not like that. It, mm-hmm. there's a lot of nuances that that come to play and um sometimes it's better if the spirit stays there. Sometimes it's a karmic thing. They have to stay there. You mm-hmm. know, it's that it's not all about what you think. But
0: are there geographic limit Are are there geographic limitations as to where a spirit can and can't go? Like let's like say you, you were able to get one to leave a residence, but you weren't able to help them cross over into the light and they had to go somewhere else. Are they required for whatever reason to stay within a certain area of like a boundary or, or can they literally hop a plane and go across the world if they wanted to?
1: Well, you know, that's funny. I think a lot of times they they're stuck by their own thinking. They, okay. they believe that they can't go any further. I think um, I think that they all can go but I think their own beliefs have them trapped. I think that, um, some of them believe that if they go move on from where they are, Mm -hmm. um, for for whatever reason, they, um, they don't, they don't feel like they can. It's, it's the fear thing that comes in. It's, it's funny. Some people don't even know they're dead. You have to remind them that, you know, you're toast. And, um, And they're just shocked. They're just like, wow, I didn't know that. Or some of them just feel so ashamed for whatever they did here, but they think for sure that they're going to get punished. And Mm -hmm. so they're locked into that that area and they won't go anywhere. And most of the time when we ghost bust, um, it's because the person is is remodeling or tearing down the house or um, there's some sort of physical change to the house mm-hmm. it's it's usually uh, the spirits get a little upset and they don't they don't like it they don't like things being screwed with mm-hmm. and and they show they start showing up and moving things and um and it's those phys- they like the physical area that they're in so they they convince themselves that that's where they they can't go any further okay um it's not true um but then when they find out the truth about things um um, it, it, that's when they can make a better choice about going to their side. It's really about going to the other side because that's where you learn stuff. That's where you see things. Sure. You can look objectively at things and earthbound spirits don't have that. They're still more like us. They they think more like us. Mm-hmm. And when the people on the other side go to the other side, they they see things in a very different light. They mm-hmm. They see what we're here to do, like we're here to learn and we're that we're limited with our stuff and and that they're not, and it's um, it's a whole different thing. But I think earth-bound spirits are still uh, bound by their fears and anxieties. When you use In sage,
0: days. when you sage a house, we talk about this quite a bit, and, and it's one of those questions that it seems everybody has a little bit different uh take on on saging at least that's what we get quite a bit you know one person will say you do it this way we get someone that writes in or calls in and says "Uh oh that's you're doing it all wrong it needs to be done this way um is there my my question is is there a specific type of sage you have to use to do this or can i use the same stuff i use in my turkey
1: yeah that's (laughs) well for me i mean if you want to if you want to go into a house that's really um bad and heavy and (laughs) And it's, you use your turkey sage. That's a whole different thing. That's, I say do it. Okay. I mean, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> for me, um, for me, I get I, I get mine blessed. You know, you sure you get some from Indian people. They bless it. They put some stuff into it. Okay. Um, it's it, and I use it after I've cleaned out the house. Um, yeah. It's I, I, you know some people do it differently. I don't. Whatever works for them. But what's worked for me is. Um, Spirits leave kind of a trace with them. They, it's like, you know, that vibe, if you go up to an accident that just happened, it's kind of got that weird vibe or Mm -hmm. some violent act or something. It's got that weird vibe. Sage is really good at, um, cleaning that up. It's like it, it's like Bonami, you know, it's just great for for clean up, um, bad vibes and and taking away all the, that heaviness. Some people use it to actually get rid of spirits, but that's tough. You know, for me, I, um, I suppose if they're kinda of weak you could do that, but it's um they're for the rinse cycle for me. Sage is more for the rinse cycle. Okay. And, and and I use stuff that's blessed and um that, you know, is great for like if you're possessed yeah. That's this stuff helps. But for me I use it after I've gotten rid of the spirits. It just it cleans it up nice, you know, so when sure. the person walks through it, they feel better, it feels lighter. Um yeah, you know, if you if i use it i mean if i just use it to try and get rid of the spirit and the spirit's still there it's just it it still has that weird vibe to it
0: sure we get a lot of stories here on the show of, of people who have had a haunting have had something paranormal going on in their life in their home and they uh, they do a google search for whoever is around in their area that claims to be able to you know get rid of ghosts maybe whether it be a ghost investigating team whether it be uh, someone who claims to be a ghostbuster of some sort. And, you know, maybe, uh, and honestly, a lot of them, as you know, do not have a lot of experience. It's more so they watch a lot of ghost hunters on television and went down to Radio Shack and got a couple meters, and now they think they're going to rid homes. Um, yeah. That, that's not, unfortunately, there's a lot of that out there. But uh, when that happens, we then end up getting a lot of stories of, well, we called somebody in, and now it's gotten worse. So, yeah, there's a lot of bad ghostbusters out there what I agree what makes a a bad ghostbuster, and what type of damage can they do
1: well i i have a i teach ghostbusting classes just for that reason sure um most of my jobs that I do now are from cleaning up from other ghostbusters that went in, and they empowered the spirit there's something happens um when you ghostbust hmm it's a lot of times these guys, these these spirits that are there, they um they will work on a fear of yours. They will make you anxious. They will try to they will try to make you as uncomfortable as they can. It comes becomes kind of a game with them, and it, especially if these rooster people come in and they're like, "I'll show yourselves. I'll show you blah blah blah." Yeah. And and what they do is they kind of work on your fears and they get to you. It doesn't. Maybe you're afraid of of whatever. It could be anything and they will multiply that. And what happens is that some of these people that are just going in there, um, they get really scared and they get, they get nervous and they don't know what they're doing. And and it's a subtle thing. Most, most of the time ghosts, ghosts wait to find out a little bit about you, wait to find out your weaknesses. And, um, and right when you're feeling comfortable, right when you're feeling good, they'll kind of sneak up behind you. Maybe they'll tap you on your shoulders. Maybe they'll pull your hair. Maybe they'll just kind of whisper in your ear. But you get that chilly, weird feeling. And and then you start to get afraid. You start thinking, oh, crap, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. And then it starts to overwhelm you. And you have bad anxiety. And a lot of times these, these ghost people will just, to cover themselves, they say, well, okay, well, we got rid of it. Everything's good and they haven't. they just made the the spirit feel more confident. They've made Mm -hmm. him more empowered. And so when the next group of people come, the spirit figures, hey, I got rid of those guys. I can get rid of these guys, where before maybe they didn't think so. And so you you take away the spirit's vulnerability by giving yours up. And, um, And it sucks because you have to walk in there with a different attitude. And it's not about being... Manly and being unafraid because it's nerve-wracking. You know, some of the stuff is nerve-wracking, sure. but it's it's about being realistic. About look, I'm alive. You're dead. You can't be here. This is why. Um, and it's about dealing with that kind of stuff. And they use all sorts of different tactics. They you know from lights to to. To noises to to smells to, to to fog you know they'll use fog they'll use they'll use all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. um, and so when I do my ghost busting classes it's kind of like boot camp for those people it's um, I put them through a two day course and I scare the crap out of them I put them in every situation that they've been all the negative situations that I've been in um, and I expose them to it mm-hmm. and I and I and I have them step back and realistically deal with it so that when they go through a real ghost busting they're not going to be afraid or they're not going to, they're not going to make it worse for somebody else. And, um, it's tough because so far in the classes I've done, not every, um, it's a two day class and not so far. Nobody's made it, uh, the entire class has not made it through the entire course, but, mm-hmm. uh, cause somebody will leave or they'll freak out or get possessed or something. And I hold them in a, in a haunted house. Um, and, uh, and I've them to stuff. I, you know, put them in a place where it's the worst and uh, you know, do a séance um, stuff. You know that you wouldn't normally do, but it's it's the whole purpose is so that people don't do what you were just talking about, make it worse. Um, so that they feel strong about it. they they feel the the people feel empowered. It's um, a lot of times Ghostbusters make it worse because they leave yeah. or they just give them power, and um, uh, and it's mostly because they're curious. But it's a creepy thing because it's not it's not like scary organ music it's the stuff that stays with you um it's the stuff that leaves with you that you know sticks with you for days it's 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 uncomfortable and so people that don't know what they're doing um they i don't think that they really know what they're doing
0: what about uh self-help ghost busting if you will someone who has something going on in their home they don't feel comfortable calling someone to come in and take a look at it, or, or give advice, or or try and bust it out uh, professionally. Uh, is that should should an individual who has a haunting ever, uh, who wants it to go away, uh, ever attempt to interact with the ghost, or simply ask it to leave?
1: Yeah, that you can, you can. It, it, um, unfortunately, a lot of times a dialogue starts setting up. Yeah. Um, they, they and they want to stay. You know, the the spirit wants to stay. And they're not they're not necessarily gonna act belligerent. They may even be charming. They may even be friendly. And you start thinking, hey, you know, I can have a pet a ghost. What's the problem? Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot. And and you could ask it to leave, but it it kind of thinks, Oh, you don't really want me to leave and then um it, it starts to feel part of the family and then you you get this whole squatters thing. And I've had to do a lot of ghost bustings where people have kept ghosts as Pets, in a sense, and um, and then they finally realized that the pets were getting too much apart, like they were disciplining the kids. You know, they were spanking the kids, or they were, you know, yelling at the yeah. kids, and you know, they overstepped their bounds. And um, that's the problem: is that honestly, no spirit should be here unless they're here to help. Mm-hmm. And um, you can, like you, like yeah, you that would be the best thing if um, if the person per- felt. Empowered, mm-hmm. and ask the spirit to leave because they have every right to. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't necessarily need a ghostbuster if they if they feel pretty strong about it. They, it's just like if somebody showed up in their house. Sure, but if they start having a conversation with it and start engaging with it and start you know thinking you know liking it, then it becomes a problem.
0: That seems to be what what we hear a lot of is uh, you know. Oftentimes we get we get calls from from people or, or emails from people who say, you know, it was really a light haunting, little things that move here and there. We'd notice that, that there was something going on, and then I started interacting with it and talking to it. Um, not asking it to leave, necessarily, but just interacting with it. And then it got worse and worse and worse. Um, and and then that's that's where it gets out of control. But then we've also gotten a lot of calls and, and stories from people who've said, okay, I, I recognized there was something going on that was abnormal, that was not... The electricity. It wasn't carbon monoxide. It wasn't this or that. It was clearly something paranormal, and I simply sat down, reasoned with it, and and didn't necessarily have a, a dialogue back and forth, but said, "Hey, you know, if we're gonna live here together, um, I, I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear from you. You can be here, but let's not interact." And then that seems to make it go away in some cases, um, and in some cases that just kind of wreaks all havoc as well you just you never know exactly what's going to happen that's why i ask you know is it ever a good idea is it is it a good idea to risk that you know pull of the slot machine of you're going to get jackpot it's going to listen to you or it's going to you know totally you know make your life worse
1: well if it was up to me i would say no i would say do not have that dialogue unless you want it to be around okay Um, because it's Gosh, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed that any of them have been okay um, when they have that discussion. Yeah, you can hang out, but I just don't want to see you. I mean, God, that, get that that's a lot. amazing to me.
0: Yeah, we, we get wow. that, that story probably once a week from somebody where they, they simply said, Hey, you know, we we came to terms, if you will. And it's really calmed down, but they, they they're sharing all the the odd things that had happened up until that point. Let me ask you this about uh, about ghosts and and just their origination in an atmosphere. The things that make total sense to me are you know a home, someone that lived in there at one point in time, maybe a family that lived in a place at one point in time or had a family member. The geographic hauntings make total sense. Can a, yeah. an entity uh be attached to an object where then it's simply a matter of getting rid of that object and is, is also getting rid of, of the entity.
1: Yeah, that happens a lot. Okay. With, um, the, it's kind of like if you had a ring or a watch or, or a bracelet or something that you, that reminded you of, of, of a time or a place or a person. And that was the one link that you had. It becomes much bigger than life. It's, it's more about, what that represents than really what it is. And, um, that happened. You can tell though, when you, as soon as you hold something or, or feel it, you can, you can tell if that's the object that's, that's doing it. And, mm-hmm. um, and back in the old days when we were learning, that was really how we got rid of most of them was you could tell that there was an object in the room or the house that was keeping the spirits there. And so you would eliminate that one. That's when we didn't know how to get rid of them. That's what we that's how we thought was the best way to do it. And so and, and a lot of times it work, we learned that there was more to it and blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times it was all about the object. And um, unfortunately, my mom would bring it all to our house whenever something was possessed. <laughs> and she loved that stuff. And my friends would see these things, these ghosts sitting in these couches she would get or, um, or whatever. And they would freak out. And she just loved that stuff. She just, oh, yeah. Hey kids, Jeez, look anyway. at the look at the
0: new toy we got for you today. Yeah. It's it's a doll. Its name is Annabelle. Hope you guys like it.
1: Yeah. Um Casper's here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> are there any objects that are more likely to be haunted than others?
1: Um, usually it's a jewelry kind of thing, and that's just because it's a it's got a personal attachment to it. Mm-hmm. Um somebody felt comfortable with it or they um they uh, yeah, like I said, they, they associate it with something loving or, or positive or happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've i been around a lot of furniture that have spirits in it, um, old chairs, old couches, things that they sat in, the, the people sat in, um, mm-hmm. uh, and they just like it, like a favorite chair. Um, or uh, not so much TVs, although I know that they used to do that um, they used to come out of TVs. Um, but it was, I think it was more for effect than anything. It wasn't, it w- wasn't necessarily, it was just more to kind of freak people out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's mostly jewelry and furniture that I've noticed. Okay. Once in a while you'll see a painting, but, um, not very often.
0: Does does jewelry and furniture, I mean, we've talked about this on our show before, too, about, um, and my theory on it with jewelry and and furniture, because we kind of came to that conclusion just based on the the hundreds of stories that we've gotten. Is it the fact that these objects tend to be so close to our bodies in life? Yeah, I think so. That somehow our energy is just, by sheer proximity, physical proximity, that that some of it is just wears off into them?
1: I would think so. I mean, I, I've had some jewelry on and I can't imagine that. I mean, I could, yeah, I, I think so. When, um, this is going to sound a little odd, but there was, um, these, this one religious group used to bring me their jewelry and, and they would have asked if I would sleep with it underneath my pillow. So it would clean the um the vibes off it, so it would clean it off. Okay. So they they wanted me to clean it off, and I used to do that all the time. And I had to finally stop doing it because it was it just was too, you know, noisy.
0: (laughs) You're like the K jewelers of, of ridding it of paranormal entities. Like, can you clean my ring for me? Yeah. There's, there's, there's a, there'd be interesting. Go into like the mall jewelry store and go, can you clean this? No, I mean, it's clean, like physically, but I mean like rid it of the spirits. Is there a a dip you can put that in back there?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They just needed somebody neutral
0: that
1: they felt had some ability to, um, yeah, that, that would kind of, clear clear it off. So yeah, very I did that. But you know,
0: it's kinda of dumb. Sure. It's interesting. I mean that's that's a very interesting thing to do. I mean it makes sense. I mean for for, for the topic we're talking about, you know. <laughs> it's one of yeah, those things that yeah. we're constantly <laughs> saying. Well that makes total sense. You know, for a topic that really, you know Pretty much anything goes because of all the stories that we hear so, <laughs> yeah that's true so yeah, yeah very very yeah. interesting michael thank you so much for talking with us today i know you got, Oh,
1: it was fun for me thank you i,
0: I love it growing up psychic of course is uh, is the book you have out right now on your website com. we'll link up on the website at real and we'd love to have you back on again i know you're working on oh, another book right
1: you. now is that right I am. I'm, it's it's. It was first called Ten Reasons Why Not to Go to a Psychic, uh, but then the publisher <laughs> t- didn't think that was a good idea. I, I kind of. It's about answers and how people get their own answers. I I just happen to believe that if people believed it, they listened to their own intuition, that uh-huh. they wouldn't need psychics. And um and I really believe that. And so, I was excited about trying to ex- explain how other people listen to their own stuff and yeah. how they got their own answers and. So that's what the book's about. It's a humorous look at how to get your own answers.
0: All right, well, when it comes out, I'd love to have you on the show again to uh, to talk about that. Great. That would be great. Michael, thank you so much again for talking with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Thank you. There you go. If you like the show, please consider supporting it, becoming an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. Get a bonus episode of the show sent to you every single week. Tons of those uh, instantly sent to you right now from our backlog archive. And uh, you get a brand new one every single week, so it's not a bad, uh, bad trade-off. You keep our show on the air, and we give you a little something extra. Actually, a lot of something extra. You can just sit there and binge on episodes for, for more than a couple days now. So check it out, realghoststoriesonline.com. Help keep us uh, on the air. Hope you like the interview. michaelbodine.com, by the way. Again, uh, his website to uh, check out his work. Very interesting stuff. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.